Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast Podcast. with your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. We can all see each other. We're practicing safe social distancing. We're all in very different places. Uh, Maybe or maybe not, I might share a screenshot of what we all look like at this point in time. Jamie might kill me. Um, but listen, it's, it's, we're practicing safe and social distancing and the first day, the first day of NFL free agency has been absolutely insane. So the way that we're going to start things off is a question that I, that I posed to Jamie without Jake on the podcast. So I can't wait to get his reaction here because if we were all, let's say we're, we're going into a fantasy league and we're playing in a dynasty league. Okay. Knowing what you saw from David Johnson this year and what you saw from Deandre Hopkins. How fast would you click reject on a straight up trade for DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson? Because I would, I would not let any of you do this trade. There is no chance. No, instantly, instantly. Uh, this whole thing, this this whole thing was wild to me. David Johnson getting traded to Houston didn't shock me, but then that like little piece of news that came out five minutes later that Hopkins was going back to Arizona was, and then finding out the return was just David, essentially David Johnson and a two. Uh, I, I just don't get that at all. I, it just makes no sense to me. My reaction would be when I got done laughing, I'd be like, uh, decline, you're <laughs> We'll have to erase that part because you're not allowed to say that anymore. But no, like Bill O'Brien, the coach I like, Bill O'Brien, the GM that did this, my God, it's a high two. And the Cardinals need that too. So I've been trying for like three or four hours to play devil's advocate. When I, when I, when I saw this, I was like, there's no way to take Houston side in this. Right. So I'm like, okay, how do you do it? You can't, because then you look at, they got Hopkins for three 27. They got him at like 12 and a half, 13 and a half, 13, nine. Three years. That's a bargain for the, like the, yeah, the best receiver in the league who's 27. He's going to be 30. This allows, I mean, you got Larry Hopkins and Christian Kirk with who cares who the running back is yeah if it's chase Edmonds, they're good yeah kenny and drake who they lined who they lined up today they took who they yeah tagged. so like well it's they they transitioned i don't even know i thought when the new cba came out you couldn't transitional tag anymore so apparently they did that which means they can match any offer so it means they're not going to lose him but what has anybody seen from david johnson to think he's a still a superstar top three or four running back like you haven't seen that in years I, it makes no sense. You're talking about the best receiver in football at 27 years old. Guys, like that, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. It's not only, it's, it it's not only that, guys. It's that the, the big piece was that Arizona just shipped that contract off, right? So, like, the big, yeah. the big part was, like, okay, I'm waiting to hear about these details that Houston is not taking this whole contract, 
but they took the whole contract that's the and they part. shipped DeAndre Hopkins away. Yeah, that's like, the craziest part about DeAndre's contract. Davis make it 10 and 10 the next two years because the 10 becomes like March 3rd next year becomes guaranteed. So you have 12 and a half, 13 and a half, 13, nine. $3 million extra for DeAndre Hopkins, and you gave up a two? Now, they need the two. Let's, let's talk about that. I mean, you're talking about a really high two, which means they're definitely, what I said the other day, they're going to have to do, take the tackle, right, at eight. But now you're not getting any defensive help in that second round, which was a high two. That hurts. But who cares? You know you got to go outscore anybody. So, basically, Arizona and Seattle got to go outscore everybody in the division and everybody they play to be any good. But you can make a run with this. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's I mean, it. you don't see a talent like this move that often. Even at the receiver position, no, I know we. No. I mean, I know Stephon Diggs has been has been teasing his own trade for about eight hours now, but <laughs> we don't see a, a player like this. And, and for fantasy purposes, just the consistency. I mean, he is aside from that 2016 season. Since 2015, he has been a top four, if not a top two, wide receiver in fantasy every single year for you. Now, you know, I wrote about this for SI about kind of figuring out you know, what his value is. But a lot of it is, you know, what do you do now with Deshaun Watson? I mean, he was the, kind of the consensus number three fantasy quarterback coming into the year, right? But behind Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, where does he go now with Fuller, presumably, if they get a deal done with him? And Kenny Stills is his top options. I mean, this is, this is a pretty much a ripple effect for both teams and for fantasy purposes. Jamie, you hit the nail on the head. Like, so while I was trying to play devil's advocate, I'm like, maybe they got something big in the works. They take the two ones and they move up in the first round. Or the two twos and they move up to get a one because they don't have a one, right? Larry McTunsil trade. Then I'm like, okay, they get Diggs. Dude, Diggs and Fuller and Stills, like that is – you just lost freaking New Hopkins. What I, what I will guarantee you because I cannot figure out a way to play devil's advocate is that they lose Deshaun Watson over this. He's going to play out his contract and say – Peace. I'm out. Bitten free agency. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yeah, because they already, they already say he doesn't get along with Bill O'Brien. You've seen, you've heard all this, and now you take away his dude. They got nothing. Yeah. Their defense yeah. sucks. You just took like the most consistent thing away. I cannot figure out a way to not say that Steve Kime just hit the home run of home runs of the century. It's maybe the greatest the, greatest trade I've ever seen. Here's the thing, guys. We talk about this from, like, we talk about coaches and we break down GMs and franchises and how this stuff all works. There's a reason that the head coach-GM dynamic exists and has existed for a very long time. There, like, even Bill Belichick, who's arguably the greatest of all time, right, is the greatest of all time, has made a lot of questionable personnel decisions over the last few years that he is now going to have to deal with the ramifications. And that's By okay. the way, Paige, I don't mean to cut you off, but like with how many dudes that are GMs now? That, there's like eight guys that are GMs or assistant GMs that he's had with him. Exactly. Yes, he's the head coach GM, but how many phenomenal people has he had with him to make these decisions? He's the only guy that's been successful with this. And he's made plenty of questionable calls, as you just said. I don't yeah. cut you off, but like, He's had some great help, but that's, apparently that, they got nothing like that going on in Houston. And, and that's the, that's the problem, right? Is like you, you look at that situation and you go, okay, you've won that many Super Bowls, You've had this consistent winning streak. You get a pass, but like, what about Bill O'Brien justifies this? Because I, I don't understand it. That's where I'm like, you're not a good enough coach to justify being able to do this. You're not a good enough coach. Somebody tweeted it earlier. I wish I could remember who it was to give them credit, but somebody tweeted like, listen, you're not, you aren't good enough to ship away your best talent because you don't get along with them. You haven't earned that right as a coach yet. 
Like you got to make it work. If you're, if you're Belichick, you're like, yeah, you're too much of a diva. I'm shipping your ass out. You're not, you're not Bill Belichick. You're Bill O'Brien. You haven't won anything. You have to deal with new Hopkins. Uh, and, and by all accounts, yes, he quote unquote, doesn't get along with Bill O'Brien, but like guys for wide receivers, as far as like antics go and acting out and whatever, has new Hopkins really done anything that we've seen from like a, on not the sidelines, on not the sidelines. Maybe it's in the locker room. Not that we've seen. But like, who cares? Who cares? I'm saying Bill is brash. Bill's not easy to get along with. And Deshaun, it, telling you, it's going to have a ripple effect for the guys that are coming up that are going to be like, yo, not doing this. And it might cost Bill his job because they're not making the playoffs this year. Unless oh. they've got some monstrous thing in the, in the works that we're all going to be like, man, we were dead wrong, which I cannot figure out. There's nobody. I don't care if he trade for Michael Thomas at this point. No. What could they do to. that could make up for this? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah to, it, to me, it, it just says that they were not willing to pay New Hopkins. That's the only thing know. this could be. This the only good thing is that he but wanted to deal locked for three years. I know, I, and then or deal with the holdout, whatever it was. It just it seems like they panicked. That's what this seems like. It's like they panicked, and they took like the first offer they could possibly get on March fifth or whenever they, with the report that it was agreed upon. Like, it, by the way, we talked I, about I their cap space, Jamie. They had freaking they could get Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I'd rather it see just them overpay for Melvin Gordon and add him to the team than do this. My initial thought when I saw, because reports came in waves, we saw David Johnson's right. going to get traded. Then yeah. we saw David, they're going to take the whole contract. At that point, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to take David Johnson's whole contract and get an additional pick from Arizona to do it. Yes. I thought this was going to be like, we're going to send David Johnson in like a five for you just to eat the rest of his contract. And then it turns into this, which is, a, which is just unbelievable. I, I can't, it's not a fathomable trade to me. It, it just, I can't even put into words. I can't, I can't give you, I mean, I can't give you great analysis of this deal from a football perspective because it's illogical. It does not make sense to me at all. So all I can do is just kind of sit here and say, what a great deal for Arizona. I'm excited to see him in that offense, uh, you know, with, with Kyler Murray in year two, with Christian Kirk taking another step, Larry's presumptive last year, uh, Kenyon Drake for a full season, Chase Edmonds. I'm excited to see that offense. But with I don't a new superstar right tackle with DJ yeah. Humphreys locked up? I mean, dude, this offense looks spectacular. They still got yeah. some cap space. Like, what a freaking move for Arizona. And, Unbelievable. And, and now, their defense is going to suck, but their offense is going to be a hell of a lot of damn fun And Kyler Murray in his second year. So where does this put Kyler? I know it's early, but this is a fantasy podcast. So let's, let's have some fun here. Like, what does this do for Kyler's fantasy value, Jamie? Because they still have a top 10 pick. I mean – do they go now, now, now that they've addressed the wide receiver position, because we've had some serious fun mocking CeeDee Lamb to, to the Arizona Cardinals. I can't, if they still draft CeeDee Lamb and they're they not. add, they, which they're not going <laughs> no, to. They're they're not, no. It's an no, unbelievable no, no. thing to have fun with, but now, now they're going to have their pick of the litter. They're either going to get a, a unbelievable defensive guy or like I've talked about for a while, I think they, they get a guy, they take the best available offensive tackle potentially and put them on the opposite side and lock up that line. And, and it depends got, on what happens. Be. You locked up DJ Humphreys, who's what, 24 and played yeah, four young. years because he he's came young. in as a baby 20-year-old. Yeah. And you take Tristan Wirfs, Makai That's Beckton, what I'm saying. any of these guys, like at right tackle, and you have bookend right tackle as your franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. Nuke Hopkins cheap. Larry takes up a little more than he should, but it's Larry with Christian Kirk on a rookie deal. And even if you got to pay the running back, Kenyon Drake, you still got Chase Edmonds on a rookie deal. You got two. You are freaking loaded. 
if yeah. you stay healthy on offense. Now, again, I just said your yeah. defense is going to suck, but good luck stopping that. You got to put up 30 to beat them. Yeah, and look, the, the way I look at this, too, is one, you have to take the tackle there. I, I know a lot of Cardinals fans are really pushing now for Isaiah Simmons and a trade-up. I, I think Come you take on. the tackle. Yeah, sit there, take the tackle. Uh, to me, so I, I, I did look at this for SI about where my like, early ranking for Kyler Murray finished in, uh, as a number 12 quarterback last year, points per game. Uh, he's a solid top 10 guy for me. My concern with him is going to be that hype pushes him into the top five. Yeah, quarterbacks yeah. off the board. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm not willing to to go to that level. But he's to me, he's a legitimate QB one next year. He's going to be a top ten option. But I, I'm not ready to push him up into the elite tier or top five, which people were trying to do late last offseason yeah. before we played a snap. Now with this new Hopkins news, the, he's going to get pushed way too high for me. But he is a legit starting option this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make six as the highest, probably eight or nine. But the the bigger question is. Does Deshaun Watson follow the top ten? Who the hell? It's a great, it's a great question. I mean, I, we got I a got, lot left. They got, to, they got to answer a lot left, right? Like they, we got to yeah. see what they do here before they're done. For sure. But if they go with Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, no, no, he's like twelve. I don't care how good he is. He makes some stuff happen, but he doesn't read the field great. And he's had New Hopkins, who's done some amazing things. We just threw it up. He doesn't have that anymore. Like, no, to me, he's not a top 10. It's, it's going to be interesting to pay attention to how the, what this offense develops into, right? Like, what, do they add any other pieces? What does their draft look like? All of these key, key things. But at the end of the day, they just lost a top three guy in their position, period. They are not going to replace DeAndre Hopkins in the draft. It's not happening. There's, there, nobody Hell is going no. to come out of the draft and be DeAndre Hopkins. That's it's not happening. So they are going to be downgraded in that position. They're also banking on guys that David Johnson is revitalized in this offense, right? He wants to play football. This is a, what we questioned about David all year long last year was he wasn't finishing his runs. You saw that happening. You saw coming from the the coaching staff was calling him out. He got sat at the end of the season. This is, they're going to, they better hope that he has, Old David Johnson left in the tank. Because let me tell you, the p- people were only excited about one thing for David Johnson. That was to end up in the Bruce Arians offense. Because people just assumed, okay, he gets traded to Tampa, and you're going to see what we saw in Arizona three, four years ago. Now he's not going to be in that offense. So you better hope he's a, they're banking on him being a really good version, which I think is a, is a bad bet. Because I, I, I don't think if – if I'm looking at it right now, another year tread on the tires – I don't know that I trust that offense or that offensive line to, to do what they need to do to make David be what he was in Arizona, Jamie. Yeah, look, it's the question too. It's not just David Johnson wasn't in a necessarily a bad situation. Like I, I think that no. that narrative is, is ridiculous. He was in a bad situation for himself. We were talking in the preseason and, and we didn't have to talk. You just watch those preseason games or watch a Cardinals practice. And you realize that he did not look like himself all season. Now, he was able to overcome it a little bit for fantasy purposes, not so much real life, but for fantasy purposes to be a, you know, for the early first half of the season to be at least a serviceable starting running back for you. But I don't know what to make of him here because I still think there's another move to come for Houston. You have two now pass catching backs. What's, you know, you don't have the benefit for him is there's not a, a clear pass catching tight end in Houston with, to take targets away from passing off to the running backs. But I, 
I mean, he's going to be one of those guys. That I just, I don't know where I'm going to have him ranked because I don't know what type of player I am getting at this stage of his career. No, I mean, look, if you told me he was going to end up in Houston with New Hopkins, and now yeah. you have Will Fuller, yeah. yeah, okay, I'd be like, all right, well, they they give him a four, and they're going to eat most of the contract, like stuff we were talking about to get David Johnson. But that's not the case. Look, I mean, a part of our job is to play GM, right? Yeah. So, okay, you have two twos and no one. Trade the two twos and move up. Take a three and a four, move back into the second. You still have two fours, so you don't have a third, now you have a four. If you get a first and a second, you can make this team better. But you cannot replace what you just lost. Period. End of story. Your offensive line is still garbage. Your secondary is still garbage. Hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Your pass rush situation is getting old and interesting. So maybe you could move back up in the first round with your two twos and change that. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I cannot see – I mean, the Colts made some big moves, and they're not done. Uh, Tennessee yep. made some big moves with Tannehill. We're gonna, we'll talk about with Derrick Henry. They're both going to be back. I can see Houston being – I mean, Jacksonville is a dumpster fire, right? They've yeah. – fire sale. We yeah. call it this. they got to start moving everybody, and they've done it. Um, they'll, be the, they'll be in the basement. But I can see Houston being third in this division and being six and ten. Well, let's, let's, maybe, let's tra- maybe, yeah. maybe worse than that. Let's transition here because you brought them up because it's been a, it's been a long talked about conversation about the Tennessee Titans and the new England Patriots potentially having this trade off with, with Tom Brady move into Tennessee and they made a move and it was quick. It was almost, it was like, and then it was reported that all this Brady stuff was kind of overhyped their plan the whole time was to go with Ryan Tannehill. They locked up Ryan Tannehill. They locked up Terry Henry. They're running this back, Jamie. What is your confidence level? Because we talked about this. We had a lot of fun about thinking about whether or not it was going to be Tom Brady. They give Ryan Tannehill the money, right? They give him some money now for a couple of years, and people are questioning whether or not that was justified, but that's just kind of what you have to do with quarterbacks now, right? They didn't really have a choice. Yeah, I mean, look, I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, and I get it, but there's been this weird shift – and this, I usually say this for the draft where people just completely change their mind with nothing happening. People are doing this with free agency now. I, I don't understand how anybody could be surprised that Ryan Tannehill got the money that he got or that the Titans were going to lock him up or that the deal was basically going to lock him in regardless of the way it's worded. It's going to lock him in for at least the next three years in Tennessee based on the way uh, it's structured. This is what we all expected. So uh, I'm finding the shock about this to be a little bit overrated and just a little bit of the, the culture we live in that we have to complain about something all the time. The, the, the And the other narrative I want to knock away too is that, and to be fair, there are some NFL players that have done this too, but uh, the whole, oh, they paid the guy that was handing it off to the running back. Okay, if you think all Ryan Daniel did was hand the ball off to the running back last year, you weren't freaking watching the Titans play football. Secondly, you're always going to pay the quarterback over the running back, period. End of story. Well, I guess unless you're maybe you're Dallas. But otherwise, <laughs> you're going to pay the quarterback over the running back. This is what happens. This is the NFL structure. And I'm, I'm just blown away that people are shocked by this turn of events. Look, Ryan Tannehill still has stuff, stuff to prove. He's got to come back and say, okay, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to stay healthy. But we saw the difference between this Titans team with strong quarterback play versus what they were when they were kind of toiling along, just kind of getting what they were getting from Marcus Mariota. The AFC is still winnable. And if you're the, if you're the Titans, you got to be thinking, you know, we beat Baltimore. We, we were up on Kansas city. So they're not looking at those teams as unbeatable, just units that they just can't get past. This is what they had to do. I like that they franchised Henry. If he, if you could somehow avoid him holding out, I would let him play on that franchise tag. And just let, I mean, Hell yeah. So 
I like what they've done. It, it sucks that they lost Conklin, but that was going to be something that we thought of. They could take a right tackle uh, at, at the end of the first round uh, if they need to the, take the kid out of TCU that plays right tackle. Uh, so they, they, they can run this back with this team. But now, again, six extra games of Ryan Tannehill and being in a really str- solid spot with a lot of confidence in everybody on this team. I like what they've done. I, I can't find any fault in any of that, uh, Jamie. I, the biggest thing to me, we, we, t- we said this was coming, right? Like Tannehill deserved the money. And it's not crazy. They front-loaded it. So it's basically a three-year deal. Losing Conklin to me is big. They got to replace him. So they got to do it with a rookie and it's maybe the fifth or sixth right tackle in the draft. That could be a little tough, but you were going to run out of something. Now, this defense we talked about being so good was 21st. They weren't as good on paper as they were early in the season. They were kind of opposite of some of these other ones we talked about. Uh, They still got some moves to make, but you're basically bringing back the majority of this team and the mentality of this team. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I got no problem giving Tannehill the money and front-loading it for three years and give it Derrick Henry the money for one year. If he holds out, okay, now we got to figure something out. Maybe it's a trade and maybe you move on. But I, I, I can't, you can't give him a three- or four-year deal. I got to read the new CBA rules because I saw that there was something about holding out that was changed, that was kind of like slipped in there that I, I, I'm going to have I'll, – I'll come back to it on Wednesday. But I, I want to say it's like – the players don't have as much wiggle room with holding out as they had in the past. I would love to hear the fine points of that. Yeah. Because I saw it get tweeted a couple of weeks ago and I know that there were like over, which by the way, we didn't even talk about the CBA, but it went through, obviously that's why all this stuff's happening. Close by, by the way. Oh, with 500 morons that didn't even freaking vote. Yeah. So I don't want to hear anything from any of the extended and all you had to do is click on a damn email. Come on, man. Yep, no, it's, it, but, it, never want to hear anybody complain about it, ever. By the way, Paige, you can come back on Wednesday with the exact details, but, like, the framework was that uh, the fines are going to increase and they're going to take away accrued seasons quicker than before. Yes. I don't know, we we'll have to work on the finer points of what the exact amounts for those things are, but uh, it, the second one is, I think, more important than the fines. Yeah, it was, it was, there's a certain point at which if they don't show up, they're, like, they're not playing and they're not getting their money. That's basically what I, it was, it, it was some pretty strong and the fines were pretty intense to basically keep people from holding out. That's what the, and it was kind of one of those things that was just kind of slipped into the CBA, not really talked about. I saw like one person tweet about it and I was like, huh, I wonder why the players are not harping on that. And instead they're harping on the 17 game season feels like that should be harped on, but you know, they're, there is a lot going on with the CBA, but as we've said, it's passed and now we got 10 years of ball and we're not even going to talk about it. And 500 players didn't vote on it. So that's should tell you everything, everything you need to know about what, how that whole scenario broke down. But I want to stay in the division. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts made a blockbuster trade today. They traded their first round pick. So that's the 13th overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers for defensive lineman DeForest Buckner. Huge deal, guys. This one, Niners fans were losing their minds on social media because they locked up Armstead. They were excited about it. They're going, okay, this is happening, and then this is going to happen. And that's not how it all broke out. Uh, The Colts, who traditionally haven't gone and spent a lot of their cash, they've been building up their money, went out and spent a lot of it and got themselves a hell of a defensive player, Jamie. 
Yeah, they did. Uh, I, I kind of like the steal for everybody involved. I, I like Indianapolis getting that type of a player with that pick right away. Jake's giving me the double thumbs up on, on this. <laughs> Hell this yeah. Is, as we just talked about a deal where the team got fleeced, so let's talk about a deal where both teams made themselves better. And exactly. I think both – and we've kind of reflected that by both fan bases reacting as if they've won the deal. That's, like, that's ideally what you want to have. Uh, he, he's going to be great in Indianapolis. He's exactly what they needed. Uh, he is going to make a much bigger impact in the next couple years than any potential fifth, sixth quarterback off the board that a lot of people were mocking to Indianapolis at 13. Uh, I love this deal for them. And for San Francisco, you get another t- top half of the first round draft pick. You weren't going to, you weren't going to be able to pay everybody on that defensive line anyway. Now you've got another young cost controlled piece to your team in one area or another. I'm interested to see where they use that piece. Maybe they go for wide receiver. Maybe that's where they take somebody to go opposite of Debo Samuel. Uh, that Water. would be extremely interesting to me because I think they can, they can get one of the three or four best wide receivers in the draft at that spot. I think this is a win for everybody involved. Absolutely. They basically said we like Eric Armstead more than DeForest Buckner. Yep. So when I saw – I was shocked when I saw Armstead go back because we, when we did our show on, on the NFC West, we are like, there's no way it's going to happen, right? So they were like, okay, boom, boom. But you have Solomon Thomas, who you drafted, what, third overall after yeah. you traded the second. For Trubisky and the Bears to – yes, we, yeah, we'll throw that out there in Paige's face. We'll, we'll get into the Bears and their craziness later. Um, but you have Solomon Thomas. You almost had too many defensive linemen. And you couldn't pay them all. So, to me, you still got real, Solomon Thomas on a rookie deal. You sign Eric Armstead, who you say, okay, we think he's better than DeForest Buckner. You trade it, you pick up the 13th pick, whether that's corner, safety, receiver, as you talked about. I love it, man. John Lynch, since he's become a GM, has been so aggressive. been great on the cap. He's been phenomenal. He's the polar opposite of what we're talking about, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Like, this is awesome. And for Indy, they basically said DeForest Buckner's better than anybody we could take at 13. Yep. This is a bigger impact player than we could do right now. Sign and trade, boom. Second highest paid defensive player, guys. Yeah, behind Aaron, uh, Donald. Aaron Donald. It's a big-ass number. Yeah, it's a but big number. I like it, man. I, I, Jamie hit the nail on the head, man. I like it for both teams. Awesome. I, I like and it, Indy too. had the space. Yeah, yeah, they, they had, had the space. space to make it happen. And they finally did something. Thank you. We've been waiting for them to make a move with all that cap space, and, and this is a move that, that makes sense for both sides. And now, now the 49ers are in an interesting position where they can make some they – got, they got a nice pick that they, that they, they got two first-round picks now that are going to make some interesting things happen. Uh, cheap plug for the mock draft machine because now you can go in San Francisco fans – and you can trade in premium, and you can have a hell of a lot of fun. I've been getting, I've been getting tons of mocks from 49ers fans today, having some fun with the trade functionality. Going, okay, now I got two first round picks to mess around with. Now I can trade up, I can trade back. Some some different things that you can play around with. And we know that John Lynch will probably be fielding uh, quite a few calls potentially at that 13 spot. There has been some breaking news since we started the podcast, and it impacts this division specifically. Former starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota is, as of right now, signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. So a very, very, yeah, very interesting uh, dynamic here that the Raiders are pushing to close out a deal. This comes from Mike Garofalo and Ian Rappaport, that the deal with Marcus Mariota comes for Mike Mayock's number one ranked quarterback at the time. Uh, when Mayock was uh, on NFL Network and breaking quarterbacks down, now obviously a GM for the Las Vegas Raiders. This isn't one that I've seen, guys. I haven't seen this conversation um, with, with Mariota 
and the Raiders, but an interesting one at that. Now you probably have, obviously, Carr and Mariota, potentially a quarterback battle there. This gets really interesting. Uh, Jake, what do you see happening there? I see Derek Carr being the starter. I, I like this with solid backup play. Uh, we talked about, like, I, I saw some stuff the other day. I forget who it was on NFL Network talking about Jameis Winston's landing spot was going to be Ben Roethlisberger's backup in, in Pittsburgh, which I don't hate. Yeah. Uh, but, I, like, to me, it's no, it's nothing. I think you solidify the quarterback position. They, they probably made it cheap. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It sounds like a big deal because of the name, but Derek Carr played well. We talked about this the other day. I, I don't see him not – I don't see him being supplanted as the, quarter, the, the starting quarterback by Marcus Mariota. But if something happens, he's had injuries in the past, you now have a solid backup. There's a number two pick of the overall in the draft who's played five years, who's been through multiple offensive coordinators, who's smart, who I think would probably wants to sit and watch, right? I don't, I don't think Marcus wants to go in and be I, he just a great dude that's a great teammate. Derek Carr's a great teammate. I think it just adds to the culture of the team. I like the fact that they made a move and solidified a position, but it's a backup quarterback position. Yeah, that's, that's how I view that as well. Uh, look, I, I thought Mariota was going to be a shrewd signing for someone to be their backup uh, and sit there. He still has some talent. He's a more than adequate backup. I think the, the things that I've been critical about with Mariota is when we're trying to compare him to being a top 20 or top 25 starter in the league. He absolutely can, can be a high-end backup. He absolutely can back up Derek Carr and will back up Derek Carr, by the way. I don't think there's any QB controversy here. There, people will try to make one, but there isn't one of here. Of course they will. But if, if the Pittsburgh Steelers or some of these other teams of the last few years have taught us anything, it's that you need a trustworthy second quarterback option in the league or else you're just not going – It's you, you work so hard to put a team together for a season. And, yes, the quarterback's always going to be the most important player on the field, and you're always going to only have one elite player at that position. But you can't watch your entire years or multiple years' worth of work go down because one guy gets hurt. You have no. to do something – to help that out on the back end. And we're going to see, I think, a lot more of these teams, especially with all of these guys becoming available, of looking at who can we get to be a strong number two option for us that can either get us by, like what happened with Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans, or to, heaven forbid, something happens like Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, we need someone to lead us the rest of the year. Those have to be at the forefront of everybody's mind right now, especially with a lot of these second tier guys that are going to be available. I, I like the signing. You need to have two guys nowadays. And I don't think he's going to push Carr for the starting job by any means, but I think he's, he's going to be a very valuable piece to be there. And if he can revitalize himself under, under that system, maybe shows out in garbage time or maybe Carr misses a game or two, he'll get himself another deal somewhere yeah. to at least compete or come into camp to compete for a spot. I think the biggest thing we talk about with him is his personality. By all yeah. accounts, he's a phenomenal dude. Like, so whether he's the starter or they have competition, if he's not the guy, he's going to prepare his ass off. He's the perfect guy to be the backup that does nothing but positively support Carr and the team. Yeah. I think that's awesome. When you talk about Teddy, who did a hell of a lot more than just fill in, he went 5-0 and and was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And is about to earn himself some money. We just don't know where yet. Um, but I, I think if we're talking about Mariota in this situation, you talk about his personality, what kind of awesome guy he is. So that's another, another great fit. So I, I love the signing for the Raiders. Yeah, it's a, it's a good signing for the Raiders. Came down right as we started uh, recording the pod, so I wanted to jump on that. But we have to talk – we're going to talk about all the teams in Florida, but we're going to start off with the team that has started off the day with $100 million of cap space and spent a lot of money, okay? Chris Greer went in and just started chucking dollar bills into the air. They signed, Making it rain. 
They signed three major, major players. Uh, Kyle Van Oy, uh, four years, $51 million. Byron Jones, $82.5 million. Shaq Lawson, $30 million over three years. Guys, those are three big-time players. They Eric went Flowers out, as well. Yeah, yeah, Eric Flowers as well. They went out and spent a lot of their cash and solidified a lot of positions of need for this team. Jamie, your thoughts on how Miami started the day and what they look like now? Oh, well, you got to be impressed with the guys that they signed. And, and look, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk at least for a second about the career renaissance Eric Flowers had. Uh, when you think about what, how his career ended in New York, uh, of being considered one of the biggest draft busts in that team's history. He tur he's turned things around and, and has really turned himself into a solid player. Uh, but I like what they've done. They've, they've got Byron Jones. They lock him up to, to the richest cornerback deal in, in, in the league right now. Uh, Revis-like from, from a few years, from a number of years ago. Put him on the opposite side of Xavier Howard. They have Nick Needham, too, who's an underrated corner. You got to like what they're doing in that secondary. Uh, this, I mean, now their secondary is set. They're three, four corners deep, three, four safeties deep. Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy on different sides, like, I mean, different positions. But I, I really like what they've done so far. And all of these guys are still fairly young for the most part. They're not signing a lot of 35, 36-year-old guys. So these guys should still, on these three- and four-year deals, should still continue to be relevant for them as they turn things around over the next couple of years, presumably with a rookie quarterback coming soon. Uh, and they have three first-round picks this year. Yeah. You, I've, you really got to like what the way this team is setting up right now. We talked about it the other day. The more we talked about it doing the AFC East, I was like, man, Miami's going to be fun. You don't want to play them. You damn sure don't want to play them now. They've got better. Three first-round picks. I mean, the biggest thing I love about all this, Jamie, you hit the nail on the head. I agree with everything you said, so I'm not going to rehash it. They front-loaded all these contracts. Yeah. They're not locked into a bunch of five- and six-year deals. The next three or four, they're locked into these guys. But they're really solid players. Kyle Vanoy plays all over the place. And he had the head coach as yeah. his coordinator. He knows he the system. to be the perfect landing knows, spot, yeah, right? He, he knows Jack Lawson was in the division. Is moving, like, they know what they're getting, and I love it. You put Xavier and Howard on the opposite side of Byron, like, dude, this is – and yeah. say you do add a safety to this. They got three first-round picks. So you just talked about three or four corners deep, and they got safeties. You add McKinney or Delpit, who's super multiple, and they got guys that can play in the slot. Good night. That's a nasty defense. And maybe a running back with one of, or a linebacker with one of these, uh, these three first round picks, man. And by the way, they got a right tackle. That's going to be Jamie just talked about Eric flowers. Who's had a career renaissance. Who's played well, but maybe they overpaid for him a little bit, but he, he earned himself that kind of money with, with the way he played the last couple of years. So I love it, man. They, they've made a splash. It was really good. Today was a big day for the Miami Dolphins. The other team, obviously, we always talk about. There's an extra uh, – I'm actually rocking some Buccaneers gear right now. They franchise, they, they franchise Tag Shack Barrett, which everybody uh, really excited about that move for them. Jake obviously makes a lot of sense for the team. Yeah, and then you lock up JPP on the other side. Yep. So they wanted to bring back their defensive guys. They went into the offseason, uh, and B.A. was talking about, okay, our, our priority – Let's bring all these – we haven't seen Sue yet, but I know we know they're working on that, and they'd love to bring Sue back as well uh, because now you're, you're drafting at 14, and maybe you take a right tackle at that point. But they had $90 million in cap space, and they haven't used it all. So we'll see what they do at quarterback. That's still up in the air. Yep. But they did a hell of a job of getting both pass rushers back. JPP, eight and a half sacks in 10 games, going back off a broken neck and was healthy, still young enough, still a freak athlete. And you got Shaq Barrett coming back, who's happy about the franchise tag. I mean, I think they're going to probably work on a long-term deal, but they have him who's – he'll play on that. He's not a guy that's going to hold out in that case. Home run. 
so so far. And, and I think they got a lot a lot more to do. Of course, they got to figure out who's going to be under center. But on the defensive side of the ball, they get Sue done. They get all these. They get all them all of them back. Yeah, look, this is exactly what we talked about. This is what they needed to do: shore up, shore up the guys by just re-signing their own. And we'll see what happens to quarterback. By all, by all counts, they're in on Tom Brady. They're going to be in on some other guys if that doesn't work out. Uh, it just it's it's extremely interesting to me because this is a team that I I can't tell if they're flying under the radar or not because we talk about them so much because we are so close to the team that I I don't necessarily know what the outside world thinks of them. But if they're going to roll that defense back. There's no, I don't care if they bring Jameis Winston back. I don't care if I'm the quarterback. There's no way they're turning the ball over more from that position next year than they did last year. This is a team that is a really, really sneaky Super Bowl threat with, even with a league average quarterback. Now imagine they bring in a Teddy Bridgewater or a Tom Brady or get an improvement from Jameis Winston, whatever that might be. All of a sudden, this is a really, really, really exciting team heading into whenever we start the 2020 season. I yeah, the biggest tell. part was bringing those guys back yeah. and that defense yeah. playing like it did the last six or seven weeks, which was top five in the league. And they just got both pass rushers back. So now you're like, you got it, them all. You, you he, get so great. It's, it's good. It's exactly the recipe. Honestly, this is exactly what B.A. said when he stood up at the podium at the combine. He told y'all what he was going to try and do. He told y'all what he was going to try and do at quarterback. He said, listen, I'm going to look at – I'm going to try and look behind door B while I still have door A. Like that's, he literally said that he's like, listen, we're, there's still discussions with Jameis. It's all been reported all day long. I will say for, to Jamie, to your point, right. Is that I think when we talk about the, the outside world, right. And, and not talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as much. I know for a fact they don't because I saw the reaction today when it multiple prominent NFL reporters are coming out saying that, one, the Vegas odds have Tom Brady going uh, favorite to go to Tampa Bay. And, and they're reporting that he's, you know, they put it all on the line for him and all this stuff. All these reports are coming out. And major prominent people are going, why would he go to Tampa Bay? I can't imagine why he go. And all these people are going. And I responded to Jeff Schwartz, who I know really well, and I said, why not? And That's he, the best and destination. It's, it's, it's not even close. I I mean, he, he and I ended up having a DM back and forth and he kind of came around and I was like, listen, man, like, look at those weapons. Like, are are you kidding? And he was like, I, it's just kind of off my radar. Right. Like that's, he said it, it's just, they're off my radar. So from a outside world perspective, like I know it is off their radar because it's a, it's similar to Arizona, right. In that it, it's a smaller market. doesn't get talked about as much. So it, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I know we've got – listen, they've been reported today at length. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's waiting on what Tom's going to do, what Teddy Bridgewater's going to do, what, where all these guys are going to go, right? But I, I think when discussing who talks about it and who doesn't, I got a real taste of that because I saw people reacting going, why would he go to Tampa? And I'm going, have you seen the weapons in Tampa? Well, the biggest thing we talked about in the NFC South show was who – they're going to be fine at quarterback. Yeah. Who the hell is better suited than than Byron, Tom Moore, Clyde Christensen, BA to be like they're fine. Look, regardless of what ends up happening in quarterback, exactly. who the hell knows what's going to go on? I it's all up in there. The biggest thing they wanted to do was sign these guys on defense, yep. and they did. Yep. So the fact that regardless of who's playing quarterback, that defense should look like it did that last five, six, seven weeks, which was damn good with these young corners. You get Evans back off of IR playing safety. You get Sue done. You can add some stuff in this draft, but that defense should be intact and damn good. They'll be fine at quarterback regardless of who it is. Yeah, because I can tell you, as long as they don't 
turn over the ball 35 times, there's a really good chance that this team is in the postseason last year. Like yeah. it's, you don't need, you don't have to really stretch the imagination that much to know that if you watch the Buccaneers play last year, you're talking about multiple, just one down, one change where this team is in the postseason between kicking and turning the ball over this, this team, it, it's, it was a playoff team last year. So it's not that hard to look at it and go, okay, you get a whole year of that Todd Bowles defense that you saw the back half of the season. Okay. You get a, just a, a little bit better quarterback play. Not, you don't even need to get go play like Tom Brady, right? You just need a little bit better. And that team looks really good. So I think they're, they're in a prime position no matter what happens and, and how this all How about the out. other team in Florida? <laughs> Listen, mm. do, do we need to talk about them? Mm. Do we need to uh, – yeah, go ahead. We, we called it. What we said, they got to have a fire sale. Yeah. They they're to. in a point – it sounds like there's actually some interest in Nick Foles. If they move on from Nick Foles, they're the luckiest damn team in the history of the world. But a fifth rounder for Calais Campbell. Yeah. fourth for A.J. Boye. You're moving big contracts, but you're moving superstar players. Yeah. I don't know how the hell they're going to replace all these guys. They're going to suck. But they can't. No, no they, they can't. They can't. Like, they're the and, one and, team in Florida who's not getting it right. But they, they didn't have a choice. They were up against it. We talked about they had to have a fire cell. Well, yeah. And then that, look, we, we talked about Calais Campbell being a possibility. Um, and look, when you have to make a fire sale like this and you're trying to get out of bad contracts, you don't get good draft pick returns. It just doesn't happen. No. Uh, it, so it, it's the reality they're going to have to deal with. They're still looking like they're going to try to trade Nick Foles. And even when they do, they're still going to be on the hook for a decent amount of money and a decent amount of cap hit, at least in the short term. I was going to say, that's, that's, the, that's the point that I want to bring up. So I looked it up today when I started seeing the reports. He, they're on the hook for $18.5 million of dead cap if they trade him before June 1st. So yeah, but if, if they're already tanking this year, we might as well take the, take the dead yeah, money now. For sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's, and move on, yeah. They're, they're, in, a, they're in a really uh, – I want to talk about the Calais trade, though, from a Baltimore perspective, right? Because we, awesome. all, we all know – especially Jake and I know Calais really well. This is a locker room guy, the, the ultimate leader, great guy to bring into your locker room on the defensive side. Who's and still I think, been in, what, three straight Pro Bowls? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's still got enough left in the tank. So, Jake, I think from, from Baltimore's perspective, right, this is a good move for them. Home run. Put him on that defensive line. You franchise Judon. I love what Baltimore's done. We, we, we'll talk about Baltimore. They traded Hayden Hurst to Atlanta. Yep. Hooper went to Cleveland. Yep. You trade Hayden Hurst. You, you were loaded at tight end. Uh, I, I love it. I love what Baltimore's done. It was, but a fifth rounder for Calais, you pick up a big contract, which you can afford it. You got a quarterback on a rookie deal. They, they can move on. I love what Baltimore's done today. Uh, it, you know, franchising Judon, trading – well, I guess Campbell happened a couple days ago, but trading for Campbell, franchising Judon, uh, signing Michael Brockers, adding him to that yep. defensive line. I didn't see that. That's, yeah, that blows my mind. You put it Yeah, in. three, three oh. or 30 million uh, for Brockers, 21 guaranteed. Uh, and then tendering Matt Skira, who I think that, kind of, that move kind of goes under the radar. He's coming back from an injury. I don't think he'll be ready to start the season, but – he was somebody that was a key, key piece for that offensive line playing at the center position for them before he got hurt. And, uh, you know, him losing him late in the season like they did had a major effect on that team. So getting him back likely on a low-dollar low tender until he's healthy, I love what they did here. And, and considering that the offseason was looking a slightly shaky earlier with some retirements, like a guy like Marshall Yonder losing him, they really had a really strong day today, and you have to be excited. As and you got to love it if you're a Baltimore fan. It's the first one without Ozzie Newsom. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing exactly what Ozzie would have done. And the reason DaCosta never left. 
you know, they, they've done a hell of a job. They're being Baltimore. They're staying relevant, and they, they got better, period. Clayus Campbell for a fifth rounder, if you yeah, can afford, a, the, if yeah, you can afford the cap hit, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, when you – Jamie hit the nail on the head. When you fire sale, you're not getting the draft capital back. No, we don't, we don't need to spend too much more time on the, on the old Jacksonville Jaguars because I think they're, they're just in a, they're in a position. We know the, the, the thing that will be fun from a draft network perspective is that we're going to have the tank for Trevor stuff for so long. Like from my perspective, like I know that I, I, I drive the bus for this because it's good for business. I know that NFL players don't tank, but you bet your ass I'm driving the tank for Trevor train all year long with Jacksonville and with Carolina. Because now you got two teams that are like, you're both in this weird window of like. With both border Georgia where he's from. It's exactly, both both fits, both both really good, want to build around, star, have an opportunity. So I think it it becomes very interesting when you start talking about that. Uh, I want to stay in that division, right, and go to the Cleveland Browns because a lot of what we've talked about with them has been that offensive line, right, and how bad it was last year and how Baker Mayfield suffered because of that. And Jack Coughlin signed a three-year, $42 million deal for the Cleveland Browns, adding to that line. Uh, They also locked up Case Keenum, right, which I think becomes really interesting for Cleveland. Now, you know, listen, Baker's going to be the guy, but Case is a good guy, I think, to have in that locker room with Baker. Teach him how to be a pro, Right. A lot of what we've talked about with Baker is like, dude, you got to grow up. You got to learn how to be a pro. You got to act right. And Case Keenum is a, from all accounts, a great dude, a great vet. And I think will be a tremendous influence on Baker Mayfield, Jake. Yeah. But you know, the great thing about Case is Case has got a little of that gunslinger chip on his shoulder yes. as well. Yes. Threw for a ton of yards in college, but is undersized, has battled his ass off for years in the NFL, has been really good, but underappreciated. I think he's great for Baker's confidence because it's not a guy that's like a yes man. Let me show you how to be a man. Case is a man. He's got a family. He's done a hell of a job. But I love the fact that he was that gunslinger with a chip on his shoulder. They also added Austin Hooper. Njoku, Hooper, Hunt. If nobody picks up that tenure, they put a second-round tenure on, on Kareem Hunt with Chubb, OBJ, Landry. To me, and I said, if they picked up Hooper, it actually says to me they might, they might trade Njoku. Yeah. Um, but the Conklin thing was huge. Awesome. And I love the fact that they added the quarterback room. Again, I personally think Case is a startable kind of guy. I agree. But, and they paid, they paid him upper end backup money, but you needed to. You had to add to that because Baker's taking a ton of hits. He can't, he's not going to be out there forever. So I, I love what they've done so far. I, think, I don't think they're done, but I, I think they, uh, I, I don't know what they get back for Njoku, but it's probably something decent. Yeah, I, I like what they did today, too, for a number of reasons. One, I mean, on the Keenum stuff, same reasons for Mariota. We're talking about ba- and locking in a high-end backup to save your season in case something goes wrong. But as you said, Jake, not only getting somebody that is for, some, for Baker Mayfield to lean on as a veteran, you got someone that's going to push him, too. And I think having both of those elements is really, really strong. It's almost like the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick effect sometimes. It's, like, it's mm-hmm. really strong to have somebody that you can not only lean on, but is it going to let you just – Take the job. Isn't gonna let you, like there's no doubt that Baker Mayfield's the starting quarterback, but he's gonna make sure that he knows that if you slip up, there's there is an option here, and he's gonna know about it. So I love that Conklin's an awesome addition at right tackle for this team. They they desperately needed to improve that line, and, and they got an awesome player in that. Austin Hooper is really interesting to me. Uh, I want to see you know Baker Mayfield used Njoku a lot two years ago was rookie year. 
Uh, Joku basically went down in week two and effectively didn't play the rest of the season. I know he came back in for a couple games late, but was like coach's decision and a lot of other stuff. So adding that element to the offense will be big. So, uh, re-signing Kareem Hunt, assuming that they get that done and nobody else uh, tenders him and he signs elsewhere, is also big for this team. Also big for safety valve for uh, Baker Mayfield. I-, I like what they've done so far. I- I'm really excited to see these guys hit the field, but talent's not the issue. We've talked about this last season. We talked about this all offseason. Talent had- wasn't the issue and isn't going to be the issue going into this season. Can they put it all together? Can this team mature? Can they be more focused on, on winning ball games than what watch they're wearing, asking teams to come get them, what this player's doing, what commercial they're doing? Uh, you had your run last year and it blew up in your face. Now it's time to put your head down and get back to work. And those questions still can't be answered until we actually get back on the football field. Yeah, if they add some more offensive line help, then I'll really, really like the offseason that they've had. But that was, uh, that was the first kind of their, their first step today in, in yeah, action. It was, to, it was to substance shore. over swag. Yeah. It was getting away from let's talk about us to, oh, well, let us, let us actually do something. Yeah. They got, they got better on the field with what they've done so far. That's exactly right. Uh, I've tried to avoid this at all costs, but we do have to talk about the fact that the Chicago Bears um, absolutely want to have me jump off a bridge. That's the only way that I can describe that because I have been – you talking about the quarterback signing or the ridiculous Jimmy Graham signing? Uh, no, I'm talking about Jimmy Graham. I have been. Yeah, they haven't done a stupid quarterback signing yet. No. So here's the thing. If you have been listening to the TDN Fantasy Podcast back to when it was the TD Fantasy Podcast, all right, you know that for, honestly, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know that I have been making a career out of making fun of Jimmy Graham. I have been making fun of his ass since he was in Seattle. I made fun of this deal when he was in Green Bay. And now, of course, Somehow he finds his way in Chicago for big money again. For big money off yeah, of absolute, absolute. You talk about substance over swag. There's no substance here. I have seen nothing. There's from, no swag here. No, he ain't done no, shit in five years. No, it, it makes two years, sixteen million dollar deal, nine million of it's guaranteed. I, I I get that the Bears needed a tight end, but I was hoping after I saw Hooper go. You, you mean I, they need a tight end, not a bona fide receiver that can't block. Correct. I thought that they might be in on a trade for Njoku after Austin Hooper signed in Cleveland. I'm thinking, okay, maybe address it in the draft. You got two second round picks. I never would have thought they go for Jimmy Graham. Guys, I don't, there's no positive way to spin this. I, you know, I could find one if there was, there isn't one. This is a bad deal. I don't understand it. I hope I'm proven wrong, but I know I'm not going to be. This is a bad deal for Ryan Pace and the Bears. I just don't get it. No, I hate it. I hate it. I'll take this one, James, for a sec. Sorry. You have Trey Burton, who got hurt, who can't block. He's not a tight end. Nope. And you add Jimmy Graham, who can't block and is old and is not a tight end. You just gave him $16 million for two years? For what? That tells me you're not going to run the ball. You're not going to do the only thing you've been effective at for a couple years. And who the hell is going to be the quarterback of this team at this point? Now we're hearing all kinds of crap from Teddy Bridgewater to Nick Foles to – we heard Andy Mariota Dalton. maybe going there as the backup. They had Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's the only one of those I think would be an upgrade. I think Teddy maybe is an upgrade, but not with Jimmy Graham. He's, I, I hate it. I hate it. I don't paying, even want to talk about it. You're still paying Trey Burton too. So now you have Thank $2 you. million tight ends that aren't going to help your team. Yeah, I don't I, get I, it I just, I don't, I don't get this at all. Uh, I, don't, I don't get the, the Jimmy Graham appeal at all. I, I, I don't get it. I, this one just – it makes no sense to me. And then when they trade for Nick Foles, it'll also make no sense to me. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know what, what was being accomplished by my making this move. I will say this right now. I'm going to say it to you guys. If they trade for Nick Foles, just 
count me out of that next podcast. Keep that buck shirt on. I will not be able to put myself in a positive. I will not be because all that will come out of my mouth are expletives. There is no words that are going to be positive. Here's the thing you can look at, though, if you like it. Like if they do it, he can't beat out Strubisky in training camp. They're going to have to eat a big-ass number to do it, which is ridiculous. They don't have money, though. That's why it doesn't make any sense. No, that's why this Jimmy Graham doesn't make any sense. Mm -mm. They don't have cap space. It's crazy. I don't think they even have enough cap space to make the Foles thing happen. Like, I literally don't even think it's possible. I don't think that they can make it happen. I get the appeal of Teddy Bridgewater, and I understand the excitement of it. We watched him play in Minnesota. I think it would be fun. I think it would be a great quarterback battle between Teddy and Mitch. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's not, I don't, I'm not overly, I actually am in the camp of that. I like Andy Dalton. Uh, apparently bears fans are out on that. They, they totally disagreed with me on social media today and told me that I was wrong. But as I will always say, I never trust anything that happens on social media. So like, I, I get that they're the t- bitter, like bears, Twitter fans don't want Andy Dalton, but Paige wants Andy Dalton. Cause I think, I've watched Andy. I know I know enough to know that I think he would be a good option in Chicago. So Bears fans, I think you need to relax because I think there's a good chance it could be Andy. Um, and I don't think it's going to be Teddy. I really don't. Um, but I think they'd all kind of I don't think depends. they can afford him or Andy Dalton. No. No, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think they're going to get any of those guys, to be honest with you. I think they're going to have to Maybe run it back. Maybe it's Foles because Jacksonville is going to have to eat a ton of that contract. Maybe. Maybe, but I don't think Foles could beat out Trubisky in that offense. I mean, he runs a lot of the same stuff, and he ran a lot of the RPO read option from the shotgun stuff, but he can't run. I don't know. I, I hate it. We spend enough time talking about it. No, like, it's, it's Jimmy terrible. Graham is not a free agent get that we need to be talking about no, on today's news. No, it's terrible. It was a horrible deal, and inevitably I will call it a horrible deal six months from now. Um, in the division, the Lions signed uh, Vitae to a five-year, $50 million deal, a big deal. Um, listen. I think I've talked about, and we, I know we've talked about, that offensive line has not been good there for a long time. Matthew Stafford has taken hit after hit after hit for a very, very long time. So whether it's for Stafford or it's for a rookie quarterback that they've been linked to or whatever it is, they've needed to shore up this offensive line for a really long time, and and this is definitely a position of need for them, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart move for them. They're going to have to protect Stafford because, again, you have a quarterback with a chronic back injury. Yeah. Uh, somebody you're going to have to protect. If, they've, if they somehow decide in the next year or two they're going to move on and go with another younger quarterback, they're going to need to protect him too. Uh, so this makes a lot of sense. They paid up. I mean, they paid a premium to get Vitae. But, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm okay paying up to get really good players. Like, I, I think it's when you pay up to get mediocre players, like we just talked about, is when teams run into trouble. Not really. I mean, they, they didn't pay that much. Would you say five years, fifty million? Yeah, I can live with that. I can live yeah. with that all day. Don't be surprised if Detroit's not done. I wouldn't. I can. I have heard some things about them being in the running back market. Uh, okay. I, I think they might try to make a splash there. But let's talk, let's talk about some of the guys that got franchised. Okay. I, we probably need to update that list because it's pretty it's, long it's and pretty a, substantial it's a, now. It's, a, it's okay. So it's a pretty big list. We'll we'll run through these names. So Dak Prescott. Obviously got the franchise tag, which which he's going to have to play on. By the way, I don't. We don't have to talk. We don't have to talk about. I have to talk about all. These, talk about all these. He's that a quarterback cannot hold out. No, no right. Okay. He put himself in this position, and it, by all accounts, and I don't know if it's Dallas putting it out or not. He turned down thirty three million a year. Thirty three. That's and insanity. A half. If he turned down thirty three and a half, whatever the hell it was, that's nuts. If you're Dax Camp and you turn that down, 
Because now you're playing on what, 27, 28, whatever. But you're going to have to play on it. You can't hold out. You can't be Zeke from last year and be the leader of this team. At... But go ahead. I, that that one to me is like. So the DAC one, but it also impacted this morning in that there wasn't a, there wasn't a deal done for Amari Cooper either, right? So that was kind of we – we were watching this clock coming up against it going, okay, what are they going to do here? They franchise tag Dak. They don't get anything done with Amari. So this team, and now obviously Byron Jones is not going to be playing for this team. So now all of a sudden this, this Dallas Cowboys roster could look a little bit different. It, do you guys think they end up getting something done here with Amari? Um, because I think that's obviously – they we've talked about it. They gave up draft capital for him. So they got to try and prioritize this. And we, we talked about them making this – by all accounts, they are in discussions with him. I do want to bring that up, that they have had discussions. They just haven't finalized anything yet. But listen, Jones is gone, so this has got to be the priority, Jake. Absolutely. Look, they're they're going to get it done with Amari Cooper. I would it wouldn't. I would love to see them stand pat on this, and if Dak wants to say no, I'm going to hold out. And say okay, I'm going to call Teddy Bridgewater tomorrow. I'm going to call Andy Dalton tomorrow, and I'm going to trade your ass on the tag and be done. And I'm going to sign Amari Cooper and play on that. I'd love the Jones got bent over by Zeke last year. Yeah. And they kind of had to. And they didn't see it coming. He didn't tell anybody he was going to hold out. And he bounces to Cabo. And he's chilling. And he comes back with a big-ass contract. I cannot – and I, tell you, I said at the time last year when we were doing the show, Jerry don't lose. Jerry lost in that one. He ain't losing again to a quarterback that's not proven to – he offered $33.5 million. If that's true, he ain't – there's no way in hell he's losing again. I could, I, but they're going to get it done with Mario Cooper, I think. I think so as well. And also, I think the big difference here with Dak is that the Cowboys would actually win in the court of public opinion on this one. Yeah. Uh, with the reported numbers that have come out, with all these things that have come out, not just now, but had come out throughout the season last year. I think people are going to go – that they're going to they're gonna would turn on Dak before they turn on the Cowboys organization for not signing Dak long term, especially if Dak holds out. So uh, this will be interesting to see how that plays out. But, no, I imagine they're going to they're gonna sign Cooper. All indications had a Dak. Alice, where that everybody involved knew that they were going to franchise Dak. So, like, the Cooper's people weren't exactly buying into the, the, this idea that, oh, no, we still could use this on you and get a deal done with Dak. Everyone kind of knew what was going on here. Uh, I imagine that Dak and Amari Cooper will both be back next year, uh, and this, then they'll move on from there. But uh, I agree that uh, Dak's, can't, Dak's not going to be holding out, and that will be a, a battle that he would not win publicly. Uh, no. which is a, a lot of times these players do win those battles, especially quarterbacks, but he would not. No, he would not. All right. Another guy that got franchised is Chris Jones uh, for the Kansas city chiefs. I assume you guys both like this deal as well. Yeah. I mean, he, I he's, love it for the chiefs, but Chris yeah. is going to try to hold out. Yeah. We'll see how long we'll see if he starts the season with the chiefs that that'll be the, that'll be the big question for me, but obviously the talent's amazing. I just, I still feel like there's a decent chance that, uh, there, there's a trade that comes uh, involving him uh, before we get to the start of the season. The next one we're going to talk about here, AJ Green got the franchise tag. Um, I know that Jake, you got that uh, news from us. So it's, listen, we knew that AJ Green was going to be in Cincinnati, right? That was, that was a guarantee, but yeah, he, he got the franchise tag as well. Yeah, I like it. I like it from Cincinnati. I mean, he's got to come back. He should be healthy. I mean, that foot should have been healthy by week three or four where he ends up, you know, sitting out most of the year. I like it from their point of view. You heard a bunch of, like, New England, some other stuff. Uh, but I like it. It was an easy one. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you, you're, you're bringing a rookie quarterback with number one pick. You want to surround him with weapons. They have some pass-catching weapons on this team. It, it makes a total sense. And, you know, you figure out what you want to do with him if he stays healthy this year. I mean, when uh, coming off an injury is the easiest way to franchise him. He's not going to hold out. Uh, see what you want to do with him long-term. But getting as many weapons for Joe Burrow as possible is, is imperative. On basically a prove-it deal yeah. as a franchise tag. So, yeah. You guys have the list in front of you. Who are some of the other guys that you wanted to get to here? Because there's quite a few tags, but there's a, 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 the one that stood out to me today was right after the Patriots did this to, to Thummy. He, the, you looked at the amount of money that they had left, right? And you're going, okay, after they made some deals, they locked up McCourty. You're looking at it and going, okay, they only have $23 million. So then all of a sudden it was like the writing's on the wall that they're not signing Tom Brady because it's like they don't have enough money to go oh. sign Tom Brady. He's well, never made more than 20, $23 million. They, they blocked the Jets. That's what they did here. Belichick <laughs> was not letting Tooney go to the Jets. That, that's what happened here. And they'll, they'll figure out what they need to do from there. Uh, I thought the interesting franchise tag for, for me, uh, well, I guess there were two. One was uh, Brandon Sheriff, which started yep. – there was some momentum there just because he would have been a really hot commodity on the market. But I thought the interesting one, because it might, and this might be leading us into our our, our transition here, uh, was, and I got to pull up pull up the thing here, because oh yeah, it was Anthony Harris in, yeah. in, I love in Minnesota. Uh, love have bringing him back, but again, we need to discuss because I feel like if you didn't listen to our show on the NFC North, then join us now. But if you did, you can, you would you understood what happened with the Kirk Cousins extension today, Correct. which it seemed like eighty percent of Twitter didn't understand, which we tried to explain to you in our NFC North show. If they were going to have any cap flexibility to re-sign their own guys this year, they had to extend Kirk Cousins, period, end of story. Yep. There was no solution. Your choice was lose all the guys and then keep Kirk Cousins for one last year and move on or extend him and give yourself another window to sign some guys. That's what they did here. So everybody that was shocked that they handed him an extension and that, oh, what, what has he done for them? This was about can we bring, bring back Anthony Harris? Can we add to this team and try to make a run this year? Because they were unable to do that if they let Kirk Cousins go into the final year of his deal this season. Yeah, I absolutely love this one. This is the one I went to immediately. Uh, I'm looking for another one, and I love Leonard Williams, what the Giants did. Yep. They didn't let him get out of town. They made the trade. They gave up capital for him. They franchised him, which gives them a year to figure out how they're going to pay him long-term, fit him in their system. They also had the big corner uh, you know, move that they, that they did. Um, I, I love that one. None of the other ones were shockers we, we've talked about. Um, the transition tag thing is still weird for me because I thought they were getting rid of that. But, uh, God bless America. I mean, you start going down this list, I mean, these names just – it's, there's a lot. Uh, of, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of movement. You're talking about. You mentioned a cornerback deal. Those James Bradbury got 45 million three years. Yeah, yeah. for the Giants. I like what they've done. I mean, this isn't a franchise tag, but Kwiatkowski going to the freaking Raiders. I love yeah. that deal. Uh, Christian Kirksey going to Green Bay, and then add another defensive player there. By the way, what we did, they signed two guys that were cut and let two guys walk, so they're playing that compensatory pick game again. Like, I, yeah. Now that the Packers realize that free agency exists again, they've been doing a <laughs> damn good job. Yeah, they, yes, they, remember, they, they remembered that they can actually uh, play the game in free agency, which has been very funny to, to watch Packers fans now be actually engaged throughout all this process because for years they just kind of stood pat and nothing happened, but they've really uh, been more engaged. I want to go back to the Kirk Cousins stuff, though, because, Jamie, you got to talk about it, but I, I wanted to kind of end with this because this was – there was so much confusion about Kirk today and Jake, I don't understand why anybody was confused. Like we talked about this forever and Jamie's did a great job summarizing it, but like 
for if you're a Vikings fan, right, you need to explain to them why they should be excited about this because there was a lot of misunderstanding of like, I don't understand why we're lining up Kirk Cousins, even though he went and won you a big playoff game and we all knew that this was going to come. For eight weeks, he was the damn MVP of the season. He got the monkey off his back. He, was, he only signed a three-year deal. You gave him a three. It was a weird deal at the time. Now it's not so weird. People are doing it. Three years all guaranteed. Well, he's going to the last year of that. Yep. You had to restructure that to get anybody else on your team signed to bring back basically the same team, which was damn good. You, you, you had to make this move. And who are you going to get better than Kirk Cousins to fit in what you have going on? Who knows your system? That knows the guys that fits what you've done. And by the way, for seven or eight weeks, he was the damn MVP. Yep. He was phenomenal at the time. You put the whole season together, maybe not. And it's Kirk Cousins. So whatever. But he won the big game. He won one on Monday night. Like all, he, he got the monkey off his back all the way around. Yeah, and look, the reality is, is even after cutting Rhodes, even after cutting Linval Joseph, the, the, the simple fact of the matter is they couldn't add – they couldn't re-sign their own guys and add any pieces if Kirk Cousins didn't restructure his deal. There is yeah, yeah. no way around that. So unless exactly – right. your idea was it was worth basically punting this season away to get rid of Kirk Cousins, if that, unless that is your take, there was no other option. Yep. Yeah, and look, moving on from Xavier, Rhodes was great. That's a that's a you you needed to do that. High paid guy who wasn't playing up to that contract. Limbaugh Joseph they love, but they can move on. That defensive line is still going to be really good. One other one I want to throw out there, guys. We haven't talked about. We're talking about the Colts making moves, re-signing your left tackle for two oh, more yeah. years when they're talking about retirement. We said he wasn't going anywhere else. The Anthony Casanzo two years, thirty three million was a hell of a deal by the Colts. I love what they've done, and they're not done. I mean, they end up with Philip Rivers on this deal. And maybe some other stuff. I mean, they still got plenty of money. The Colts, I mean, if they're, if they're – I like what they've done so far. Mean potatoes, right? Indianapolis. Offensive line, defensive line. But I, we can't go through this list and not talk about what they've done. I love them getting Anthony Casanzo back for two years. No, we talked about it, and, and they've – obviously the big thing with them today was the continued conversation about Phillip Rivers and, and whether or not that deal is going to happen. It's, it's been rumored for some time. The second that the legal tampering period started, we got lots of reports about it, right? And it, and it does seem like that is an inevitable situation. But there was some discussion today about potentially drafting uh, a quarterback. So I think it, it's going to be – listen, there, there, is so, there are so many pieces still left. We just talked about – we just went an hour and a half, right? And we didn't even get to everybody. And there's still – so many things that are going to happen big things oh by the way the greatest of all time is potentially going to be playing on a different team that still hasn't happened Teddy Bridgewater Jameis Winston all these all these moving pieces we still have so much uh that's going to happen over the next guys there's one other one there's one we've talked about how much we like a lot of these the Patriots are interesting Devin McCourty 23 million dollars and you franchised a guard I don't really know. Those are two I've, interesting moves to me. I know McCourty's multiple, and they love him and all that. And then you franchise Tooney. What's the number on that, Jamie? Do you have Tooney's number, what a franchise uh, guard makes? Yeah, let me see what that number it's is. It's high. It it's high with some of these guys the last couple of years, these guards that have signed these monster numbers. But to me, I'm curious at best, when you're trying to re-sign Brady, where are you? I don't think they are. Be I'm going to be, I'm be honest. You're... I don't think they are. I think they want to, but I think they want him to do what he's done his whole career, and that's $23 million. I think they, I wanted, I think they yeah. wanted him to before, but I think a lot of what happened today was you saw that he's potentially already 
told them, I'm looking at option A, B, and C, and they're going, okay, if you're not going to do what you've done for us in the past, right, which means play on a team-friendly deal, and by all accounts he said, I'm not doing that, right, then that means that he's potentially moving on, right? And that's kind of what you saw. And then late in the mix, you saw, you know, he's being rumored to the Chargers still, right? That was a, that was a team that got in the mix today. Obviously, a lot of conversation about him in the Buccaneers. There was conversation about the Raiders. I think that's squashed now with the Mariota stuff, now that they're going to have two guys there. I can't imagine they're going to add Tom Brady into that mix as well. Um, the Broncos were reported for a while, but people that know that situation well have come out. Benjamin Albright, a couple other people have said, listen, Drew Oxter's starting quarterback. They're going into the season. They're not in and on top rating, right? And I, I think there's, there's maybe, the, obviously, in the big one that everybody talked about for a long time is the Titans, which is obviously not happening now. So it's, it's interesting to see where this all shakes Guys, out. Today was freaking nuts. Listen to these names. The next couple of days, Tom Brady. Philip Rivers, Mari Cooper, Chris Harris, Jadavian Clowney, Corey Littleton, who we've talked about a bunch. I've talked about a bunch. Rock star player that I think the numbers just going up because I think people are outbidding each other. Teddy Bridgewater, we talked about a ton. Dante Fowler Jr., what happens there? Hargrave signed. He's off the market. Brian Balaga, left tackle yeah. for Aaron Rodgers. What's going to happen there? Robbie Anderson. There's still so much that. Yeah. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Melvin Gordon, I mean, Todd Gurley's apparently – apparently, I go – Apparently, Todd Gurley, yeah. Todd, Jason Peters, has he come back to the Philly? Shelby Harris, Jamie Collins, Robert Quinn, ha-ha, Clinton Dix. There's so much more that's going to happen. This is freaking nuts. And today was bananas. Yeah, I'm, I love it. Absolutely I will, awesome. I will say I'm very, I'm very happy that although in the midst, like on a serious note, like all this coronavirus stuff has been – it's scary, and I know people are taking it differently, but hopefully taking it very seriously. Hopefully. It's, it's been really nice to have this reprieve of football today because sports is what Americans just – we live for this. Like, it, it's what we live and die for from a business perspective. This is what our world is, and it was, it was reinvigorating to be just completely inundated with football all day long. And it, it's been it's, – it feels like it's been forever – since that's happened and it was I know that sports fans were really excited you saw Twitter just popping off and having things to discuss and I, I totally understand him in in 100% agreement with the NBA and the NCAA and all these teams deciding to make a very smart choice in, in, in not playing but it also has given what we're used to it, there's a lot more time right where people are going man I don't have any sports to watch right so this week has been nice that the NFL is just been able to because they don't have to do any of this in in person they've canceled the pro days they're not doing these in-person meetings so this is something that they can do transactionally via phones via skype via technology they don't they don't need us right so it's uh it's been nice it's just been nice to talk football and we've been going for an hour and a half and we still haven't gotten through everything right so it will be back all week long but uh jake i'll let you any any other parting thoughts on today's podcast um i know we we didn't get to everybody but we did get to the majority of of the big moves that happened today yeah i just think that was really well said i mean the nfl took some heat for the fact that they didn't move things they don't they don't have to no uh, this isn't in-person stuff but i agree with you man it was so nice to be like watching the news and it wasn't how many people are dying or how many people are quarantined and they, look, you damn sure be, should, should be taking this serious it's unprecedented in human history of what's going on but, man, it was nice to get a break from it and have some excitement because your teams, if you're the Colts fans, you got better. We talked about how many like, – there's so many teams, the Baltimore Ravens, we talked about some of these teams, you got better. Fans got ex- had something to be excited about, right? 
they didn't have to be so negative. I, I agree with you. It was awesome. And I thought you, you worded that perfectly. Jamie, any, any parting thoughts on today's part? Yeah, I just want to mention one team we haven't talked about a lot, but I thought they had a pretty solid day today, too, with one signing and a franchise tag, and that was the Denver Broncos. Uh, yeah. Franchising Justin Simmons, who uh, an uber, uber strong safety for them, such a great player. Uh, and Graham Glasgow going there, who can play pretty much any of the three positions on the interior offensive line. Uh, four years, $44 million, $25 million guaranteed. Uh, I really like that move for them. I, I still think the Broncos are going to be a problem for teams. Uh, I yep. think they're going to sneak up on some people in the AFC this year. The AFC Solid. And, they needed yeah. offensive line help, so I, was, I like that one. The AFC and the NFC West are going to be nasty, man. I think the, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals went from just on a parting thought. It was fun to see the Valley alive today, man. The, the, the Phoenix, people were losing their minds, and they should. Listen, Steve Kime has taken a lot of heat for moves that have happened, but he fleeced the Houston Texans today. I mean, fleeced. This was an unbelievable deal for the Arizona Cardinals. If you're a Cardinal fan, you have to just be completely through the roof about this deal. The fact that they're going to have a, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins in the Valley playing with Kyler Murray, they're just, you should be really excited. This puts you in a position to go at that eighth spot, stay pat, and get whoever you want. Best offensive tackle, best best defensive player available. You're going to have your pick of the litter, and and I think the – it's been fun to talk about CD Lamb at eight. It's not happening anymore, Cardinal fans. No, so no. I think that, that door has been shut. Uh, and I think I think Kyler's gonna be okay because you're gonna go, yeah, Kyler, you might not get CD, but like DeAndre Hopkins. So like I think he's got I the think, best receiver in football. Yeah, I think yeah, he'll, be he'll, he'll live. Yeah, it's a, somehow I think he'll be fine. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on uh, social media? Jake B Arians on Twitter. Jamie. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You guys can uh, be sure to check out all the free agency news on the draftnetwork.com. We've been following it wall to wall all day long. It'll be all week long. Uh, there's a shout out to the team. They've done an unbelievable job and will continue to do a great job. And if you are a fan and you want to become a premium member, check out the draftnetwork.com backslash premium. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.